The Fields Auto Group proudly presents Huddle Up, Huddle Up. with Bucky Brooks, <laughs> J.P. Shepard, John Osher, and NFL Network analyst and former Jaguar Bucky Brooks bring you the latest on your Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything's got to be about the future. It's got to be about tomorrow and bringing all that into focus as we, you know, attack the season. Huddle Up with Bucky Brooks starts right now. Welcome into the Huddle Up Podcast. Today is Wednesday, March 23rd. J.P. Shadrick with Bucky Brooks and John Osier. Good order. Bucky Brooks, then John Osier. I mean, it's 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 consistent. Mm. It's good. I like it. And I'm ready. Uh, well, here we are. Uh, it is <laughs> <laughs> Free agency my, is underway. The Jags, of course, uh, have done some damage the first week of free agency. It is now pro day season as well. We'll get to the free agency stuff coming up, but don't look now. We're only a few weeks away from the start of the offseason program as well. But, Bucky, it's quarterback pro day season. That's uh, taking up your time this week. Um, you know, remember, you know, I, I saw a thing on this on Facebook, right? They do these memory things that, hey, so many years ago, this happened. You posted this. We probably have some similar memories on well, there, don't we? I, I posted photos from Teddy Bridgewater's Pro Day yes. at Louisville, right? Uh, it was also the same year as Johnny Manziel and Blake Bortles, of course. Um, you know, this quarterback class might not have the flashy names of that class. <laughs> Maybe they'll have better success. Um, what do you like so far about the quarterback week in the Pro Days, Bucky? Uh, you know, JP, I think we have to kind of talk about it in terms of the way that we're seeing the league shift. We're seeing a seismic change in the way people are treating the quarterback. And that will have a ripple effect on the college game and the college quarterbacks that are in this draft. Um, we've never seen as much turnover and movement up top in the National Football League with um, quote-unquote elite quarterbacks changing teams still in their prime. And that has led us to look at the quarterback position a little differently. I think when the money escalated and got to the point where it's $40 million for um, your high-end quarterbacks, I think teams are now making decisions based on if I don't have what I deem to be an elite quarterback, I'm not just going to pay him to keep him around. Uh, there was a time where we were doing that. We saw that even in Jacksonville where maybe Blake Waters wasn't a high-end guy, but he still got paid like that. And what happens is it upsets the apple cart in the locker room. Teams are now going away from that. And I think what happened in the postseason when you saw Pat Mahomes and Josh Allen, Joe Burrow, Matt Stafford, where the quarterback made plays, I think it raised the bar for what we expect from the quarterback. And so now when we look at these college guys in the 2022 draft, I don't know if people are really fired up about the class unless you have great tools. And so the entry yesterday was on Malik Willis. And Malik Willis has tools that will be reminiscent of what we saw from like Josh Allen and Pat Mahomes and those guys where you're almost doing like baseball scouting where you kind of ignore the performance and the production and you're, you're making the evaluation based on what they bring to the table physically, raw arm talent, uh, athleticism and that stuff. And then you're hoping that you can coach them up and maybe if it hits – you get one of those elite quarterbacks. But I don't think people now are selling for mediocrity, which really makes the conversation interesting when we start thinking about how Trevor Lawrence needs to progress over the next four years before you have to start doing that big, big payday and how you build your team around an elite quarterback making big money. I'll say this leading into a question for the scout, but what you just said, Bucky, 
if I was a GM, which obviously I'm never going to be a GM, I, I think you Don't will be. Don't sell yourself short, but, John. Um, Maybe you will be. D- scouting a guy and drafting him high and thinking that you're going to develop a guy because he has tools and he's never shown it, the old man shouting at, at uh, clouds inside of me says that, that, that is a risky way to get a quarterback. I mean, as somebody who sat in those rooms, as somebody who, you know, I, I think I could be a GM as yourself, would that not scare the heck out of you? Well, I think if you, if, if you look at it this way, what we're talking about are, are prototypes. So there are two ways to do it where you can look at the prototypical guy who has the height, weight, arm talent, uh, checks off all the intangible qualities and those things, and you're like, look, the performance hasn't always been clean, but the odds suggest that the elite quarterbacks have X, Y, and Z. This guy has that. He just hasn't put it together as opposed to the noodle arm quarterback that we know is just a guy. But then we get him and we get comfortable with him being the quarterback. And then we don't want to move on because we're like, yeah, he doesn't have this, but we don't want to go out and search for better. I think what you're now seeing is everyone is on the hunt to get a top five guy. And if you're not a top five guy, it's just not a birthright for you to be the starting quarterback long-term for a franchise. I think that's the main shift. And so, yeah, you don't necessarily want to make those gambles, but what you do now, John, is you swing in, you swing for the fences, and if you don't like it, you move on and get the next one. Before, when we talk about drafting guys in the first round, you draft a guy in the first round, you kind of married to him for a long time. The Cleveland Browns moved off of Baker Mayfield. Right. He was the number one overall pick right. and led him into a post a playoff win. And they're like, yeah. We know we need better to beat the other guys. That's where we're seeing the bar is now going. They're raising the bar for expectation for quarterbacks. And I like it because that's how the bar was always raised for position players. We settled with quarterbacks because we're like, yeah, we don't want to bring in competition, whereas we should always want the best quarterback that we can find. The Rams were like that too, golf, right? And then, oh, yeah. we can't get yeah. over the hump. Let's go get Matthew Stafford. And it worked out for them. Got a Super Bowl. Yeah, because now you have to think about the position and talent and tools. And so in Jacksonville, we should feel better about Trevor Lawrence because even though last year, the rookie year, like the numbers weren't what we like, the talent and the tools still show up. The talent shows up, the tools. He's long, he's athletic, he has great arm talent. You you gamble on those guys. The guys who don't have that, you're quick to move on because ideally, man, you want the guy who not only can play, but he also wins the beauty pageant when it comes to the attribute. I wonder, um, and maybe it's because I've seen it the other way my whole career, do you think this will be the trend? Because it, it feels so chaotic, and usually in the NFL things settle down after a time like this. Do you think this is going to be a trend? Do you think? Te- I mean, or, or I guess that has to play out. If it works, then people are going to follow it. If it doesn't, people won't, right? Yeah, well, I think the trend has been the last two years you've seen teams be very aggressive uh, in getting guys that they felt like could help them get over the hump. Uh, The Tampa Bay Buccaneers did it with Tom Brady. Then Tom Brady brought in all of his friends, and it worked out. They won a Super Bowl. You look at the L.A. Rams. The L.A. Rams basically gave up a ton of draft picks to get premier players, and those premier players helped them bring back a Super Bowl. And so now what you're seeing is people aren't as married to the draft picks as they used to be because it's an old antiquated thing. Hey, I want to draft and develop. I want to bring all these draft picks in. We're going to hit on them and then we're going to raise them up. What people are seeing, like 
eh, maybe I paid a premium to get really good players. And really good players can help you win games. And, yeah, we need to have some guys that develop into role players. But I need stars. And stars are what's winning in this league. You know, there's the old theory that quarterbacks always get pushed up the board. Um, since quarterback week, I'll ask you this. Uh, this seems like the year that might test that theory. Because I don't think anybody thinks there's a quote-unquote elite guy, number one worthy pick. Uh, mm-hmm. But... I guess the question is, how much will that theory be tested? How much will somebody get pushed up? And are you going to run a big risk of overdrafting this year because of that? So I think what we're seeing is a market correction of that silly theory that somehow got into draft rooms where, A, we push quarterbacks up. So now what you're seeing, all these teams scrambling to find these premier quarterbacks, guys had to move off of those guys that were pushed up the board. I see. And what we're seeing are the guys left behind. You know, Baker Mayfield probably should have never been a number one overall pick. You look at Sam Donald and some of the other guys that have gone through it. We're moving off of those guys. I think now we have, man, it's only like like maybe one quarterback playing with his original team after being a high pick or whatever. Russell Wilson has moved on. I mean, I just think it is now to the point where um, we're having higher standards for quarterbacks and we're not going to just take a guy because we need a guy. We need to take a legitimate high-end guy if we're going to invest in it. We don't want to settle because what happens is when you settle for a draft pick, you're now married to him for five years. And if you know that he's not that guy, what are we doing? It's just too hard to win in this league when, particularly in the AFC, right. Josh Allen, Patrick yeah. Mahomes, Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, Justin Herbert, I mean, on and on and on. Matt Ryan is now – like yeah. you have to draft – thinking the kid that we're going to draft, can he be Josh Allen in the shootout? Can he be Patrick Mahomes? Can he be – if he can't, then you need to move on and just keep waiting for the guy that, that you can get that can beat those guys. This is the Huddle Up Podcast, J.P. Shadrick, John Osier, and Bucky Brooks. Ohio State Pro Day today. Wide receivers all over the place, of course. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave will have eyes all over them. But going back to the quarterback conversation, C.J. Stroud's going to be throwing to them. He's not eligible to come out this year in the NFL draft, and uh, that's that, you know all eyes on Columbus today, Bucky. Yeah, all eyes on Columbus because you get an opportunity to see the wide receivers who are terrific, outstanding. Gary Wilson, um, Chris Olave, they have a tight end, Jeremy Ruckert, who is intriguing. Yeah, but all eyes are on those playmakers. But while you're looking at the playmakers, you can't help but look at the passer. (laughs) And C.J. Stroud right now, like some guys are kind of penciling him in. We just put it in pencil, not pen. But he's an intriguing prospect in 2023 where we'll talk about him maybe being the top quarterback in that class if he eventually elects to come out. And so to get a chance to get around him, to see him spin it to his guys, you certainly make notes on those kinds of things. And it helps you uh, as you begin to advance and look ahead to next year's class. I have to wonder, Bucky, and maybe I'm wrong, but uh, I've been wrong before, you know, JP. No. It's a, it's a, Stop. Um, <laughs> I wonder if we are looking at the beginnings of the end for the pro day uh, concept with mm, these injuries. Yeah. I um, mean, the, the, your tweet earlier in the week, David Ojabo had the Achilles injury, John, yeah. and, at Michigan, and then Aiden Hutchinson canceled his workout with the Jags, apparently. I mean, and maybe I'm just way off base, but sort of with – some of the players and the agents sort of standing up against the combine, maybe a little more mm-hmm. power on that end. It is a risk, and 
and there is a school of thought of, you know, if if you don't know these guys by the time they finish college, is it really necessary to put them through this? Now, I also know there's the other side of it, which is that you can tear an Achilles walking down the street. You know, there's risk in everything. Mm-hmm. So, is, is there any chance that we see these diminished uh, go away? Or maybe just the stars not participating, I guess, is probably the end game. Yeah, it starts with the stars first. And look, you know, I, I, I think we're at the point where uh, you mitigate the risks when it comes to it. If I'm a highly decorated prospect where I put together numbers and I've got a lot of buzz and conversation that I might be a first round pick, I don't know if the, the, the risk is worth the reward of maybe moving up a few spots. And so you kind of have to figure out what do I want to do and where am I at? Because if they can't figure out off tape whether I can play or not, I don't really don't know if a workout is going to change that perception outside of kind of knowing what kind of athlete they are. I would say this. If I could advise a, a, a top prospect, I would say, hey, go through the process, finish the season, do the stuff at the combine, and immediately after the combine, we're done. Because if I work out at the combine, if I do all the stuff at the combine, everyone has seen me, everyone's seen me work out. If you can't figure it out after those two things are done, then you have to roll the dice and, and, and figure it out on your own. Because I, I just I just think now with the amount of money that we're talking about potentially losing, if I'm an agent, I just have to advise my player to kind of sit and chill. And if we think about old school scouting, old school scouting methods would tell you, hey, you, you make the evaluation based off the film not the workout. So if I have um, the film, I get the confirmed numbers at the workout, meaning height, weight, those things, speed. I I get that there. I shouldn't necessarily need to go back to the pro day to then see some other stuff because what happens is you have overzealous coaches and scouts who they can't help themselves, right? Because you got to remember the coaches, they haven't touched their players since the end of the year, December. That's right. They (laughs) They can't wait to get on the grass and have some guys that kind of move around and show that stuff. And so sometimes those worst workouts can escalate in intensity. And sometimes you have to protect the players from that. Yeah. I think there's something to, you know, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago, guys are training so hard for the 40, for example, uh, are they training in such a way that puts them at risk if they have to go out and run a route? Uh, I just, you know, to me, I wonder if, if the scouts just can't do the job, uh, and just get back to every GM you ever talk to and every scout you ever talk to will say the reality is the combine is more for show than it is for scouting in terms of oh, how they yeah. really rate players. So oh, yes. why bother? It's, it's in prime time now. Bucky's all right. over it. Yes. Now the league it, may not want it, that. It, you may get into a deal where the league wants to have this thing and uh, you know, the players Ameri- don't. It's American Idol. It's American <laughs> yeah. Idol. That's what we we love it to be American Idol. We would love to have a bunch of little regional combines all over the country that you have to be the top guy at the regional combine to earn your golden ticket to come to Indianapolis. But that's what that the season perfect. is. Can you imagine? That that would be perfect for us to see and chronicle the whereabouts. And hey, guess, this guy made it to Indianapolis. Like, look at little Joey. Joey gets a chance to run in front of the scouts. We get all the ratings and yeah, all the other stuff can't the commercials. <laughs> yeah, but. But that's part of that's part of the dream, and so you want to sell that. But yeah, you're right. The combine is definitely all for show now. It's a TV event. I mean, you you talk to scouts, like even the guys in the building, 
they know it because the schedule is flipped because we accommodate prime time. Now they're running at night, and so they switch to interviews. Yeah, it's a big event. I mean, it's fun though. What else are we gonna talk about? It's fun, but yeah. it's not fun for the players who risk injury. So yeah, I just, again, I just wonder if we're not seeing a trend where eventually we see a different dynamic there in terms of the stars not. Yeah, going just the top the, guys. Now the top, the top guys. Like we may see. Yeah, we may see the top guys go, but hey, the the, the guys. Day two or yeah. lower, they they have to work. If you got to go, there's still enough it. guys who want the dream, who yeah. are chasing the dream. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you got to go yeah, prove yeah, it. Yeah. Absolutely. Hey, I mean, yeah, they got to go prove. It. They have to go get it. So there's always enough guys for us to watch. We may just. You remember that there was a time, John, where the top guys never worked out at Indy. Yeah, before it was on TV, time. they never worked out. Then they put it on TV, and that encouraged those guys to begin to work out and that stuff. And so it may kind of come back full circle where the score, the stars don't work out anymore we just see all the other guys but then the league will come back and maybe count and say hey we got workout warrior of the weekend there might be a little incentive for them to work out ah. i told you my bill polian story on that for two or three years i'm with the colts and he was railing against the idea of it being on 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 tv because mm-hmm. every old school gm and bill's as old school as it gets it's it's a football event we don't want it on tv first year back everybody ran he loved it <laughs> because everybody ran. It got them what they wanted. So, uh, But I think the days of everybody running are coming to an end, yeah. even on TV. So there you have it. The um, pro day season is here, but for how long? We're back in a moment. Social media questions. Yes, we, uh, we put the bat signal out. We'll figure out what we've come up with after this. Welcome back. J.P. Shadrick, Bucky Brooks, John Ozer on the Huddle Up podcast. There's no better time to become a Daily's Place Blue member than right now. Get access to the best seats and amenities, premium parking, and more for all shows during the 2022 season at Daily's Place. This year's shaping up to be one of the best yet. So don't miss out. And don't forget Thursday's VIP Daily's Place event. You can enjoy it like the stars and talk about your options for the 22 season. Uh, yeah, so check it out, dailiesplace.com for all the information. Dave Matthews, two nights in June. Uh, we've got a lot of great shows coming up at Daily's Place. Now, let's get to social media questions. And there has been a little activity just as in, in the time frame we've been recording this podcast okay, today, good. actually. Ian Rappaport, your colleague at NFL Network, Bucky, uh, put out a tweet just a few moments ago, said, is there another blockbuster coming? Despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Tyree Kill one of the highest-paid receivers, extension talks have stalled. And Kansas City has now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade, sources say. Our first question we're going to get to today is from uh, at that guy Tyler. Is it even possible to add Tyree Kill? If not... Can uh, Bucky, can you rank the best wide receivers in the draft? We should be looking at number 33 overall. Tyreek Hill. Mm. The contract, he's a, a, a $21 million cap hit for the Chiefs this year, 2.6 dead money to them. Uh, I don't think you can make that move in Jacksonville just because you have to pay him. You've already paid all those other guys. I don't know if you can fit him in to the mix. And then the other thing is, like, you still got to dig in the background because there's still some character stuff that came out when he was a draftee that you have to be comfortable with when your fan base, you know. Um, but he's an intriguing option as a big-time player. Um, the second part of the question was tied in. 
at 33? Is that what you asked? The wide, no, receivers? wide receivers. Wide, wide receivers. We mentioned two earlier, the guys at uh, you know, Ohio State. Uh, yeah. there, there are a million of them. Jahan Dotson could be in the mix. Um, Sky Moore from Western Michigan could be a guy um, that could add some juice and sizzle to the lineup. Um, a guy that I like, but I worry about his speed not being enough to kind of change the or impact the wide receiver core. That would be David Bell from Purdue. Um, there are many guys. I would say keep an eye on this guy from North Dakota State, Christian Watson. Uh, not in the 30s, but maybe late second round, early third round. Christian Wat- Watson is, is a guy that dominate has great size, great length. And when we think about the success that Cooper Cup had, game's not identical, but he could be the next guy from a small school to kind of pop as a, as a big-time pro. And, Bucky, you said it before, but for the purposes of this question – you think it's possible in this draft to get a long-term big-time player at 33 at wide receiver, right? Oh, absolutely. Like, that's 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 where you want to be. You want to be because someone – see, here's the thing. All 32 draft boards are different. Um, and so someone is going to take a player that uh, you deem to be not necessarily a great player, and so there's going to leave someone that's high on your board there in the second round. So, yeah, I think you can find, you can find guys. I think it might be an opportunity to get – um, another offensive lineman. If you say that you still need some more help there, you have an opportunity to get any of your pass catchers that you want. And I think you also can get a corner. You know, I mean, I, it's going to be wide open for you at that point. This is the Huddle Up Podcast. We continue with social media questions. And our next one is at Hodari11. Is there anything that might give you hesitation in drafting Aiden Hutchinson? Um, I would say this about Aiden Hutchinson, like people, the Johnny come lately get a chance to see him against Georgia. And so that one game kind of stands out to them in their mind. I think the best thing that he is, is I think, you know, exactly what you're getting. Um, you're getting a high end player who has a tremendous motor. He has great hand skills. Um, he's somewhere in that mix between the Boses. Uh, he's not quite Joey and, He's somewhere in there with Nick in terms of how he, he he's able to kind of impact the game off the edge. But when you think about those two guys, those two guys have been Pro Bowl players. I think he has that kind of talent. Um, a lot of people underrate maybe his athleticism, but he, all you have to do is look at the comment, look at the numbers. The numbers are ridiculous. He's a freak athlete who has hand skills and a high motor. I think people have to look beyond the packaging. This is a really good player. He's very dynamic. At this point, JP, I would draft Ted Bosa. <laughs> I don't care what. I don't care who it is. Their long lost brother. <laughs> I mean, Frank, Ned, Bill, whatever. All, all the above. Just give me a Bosa. <laughs> I love it. So. And to, to the point on that Georgia game, they focused all of their energy. Georgia did against Aiden Hutchinson, basically in that mm-hmm. game. You can't do that in the NFL because <laughs> yeah. there's like three other guys that can rush the passer in the NFL on a defensive line. So you can't really put your entire focus on that one player. So in theory, you'll know, have some opportunities. Well, isn't it true, Bucky, that with every guy at the top of this draft, if you're going to be able to pick a hole in him somewhere? Yeah, so so let's just think about who's at the top and what's available. So you have the three offensive tackles that you could talk about. Evan Neal, Iki Kwanu, uh, Charles Cross. You have the pass rushers, uh, Aiden Hutchinson, Kayvon Thibodeau. Uh, the wild card is uh, Walker from Georgia. And the thing that separates it is when you're going through all that, 
and you're at the number one, you, you think about who's a guy that I can rely on that can give me consistent production that is worthy of being a number one. Uh, when we think about number one, the scale should be a guy that can be a perennial Pro Bowl player, a guy who can be a, a pillar at the position for your franchise for, for 10 years. Everything that we know about Aiden Hutchinson in terms of his football character is off the charts. Hard worker, diligent, gets it, professional in all of his actions, great leader, um, very productive player. And we saw his dominance show up on tape. Um, the athleticism is there. All the things are there. And so if you take a player like that and it happens to fail, I mean, you talk about a guy that checks off all the boxes coming in. With some of the other guys like Iki Iquanu, great athlete, mauler brawler, needs some developmental skills. But then what I would say is, where do we play him? If you get him, where, where does he play? Where does he fit? What does it mean for Walker Little and those things? Same thing with Evan Neal. Evan Neal is more refined than Iggy Kwanu, but he has some athletic things that might be a little issue when it comes to dealing with the speed. And then Cross is more pass protector than Mauler Brawler in the run game. So if you're going to throw it 50 times, he's kind of the guy that you would prefer. And then the other passers are Kayvon Thibodeau. I mean, it's kind of, I don't want to say fully boomer bust, but he's a flasher who has these long lulls in production. If I'm Doug Peterson, I kind of want things that I can rely on. And to me, Hutchinson is the safe pick. And I hate to say that because that put a label on someone that he doesn't have a high ceiling. But I, I, I kind of trust that Aiden Hutchinson is going to be what we've seen, maybe more so than some of the other guys. All right. We've uh, figured it out. Um, there you have it. Our social media questions are in. Thank you for all the submissions this week. Uh, Bucky, what's the rest of the week hold for you? Any more quarterbacks you're looking at besides C.J. Stroud, apparently? <laughs> well, today's a big day because you talked about C.J. Stroud, but the rest of the, the, the Legion of Scouts, they're going to be down at the SIP hanging out there with Lane Kiffin trying to check out old Matt Corral to see where he where he falls. Because remember, we haven't seen him since the bowl game. He goes out on the sideline with an ankle, and we didn't get a chance to see him return. So we haven't seen him throw. This is our first chance uh, being able to reacquaint ourselves with him and his talent. So this is a big day today down in the SIP. Not a bad place to be, Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah, um, uh, some good lunch. Oh, that's what they tell me. I've been there. That's what they tell me down there. They tell me I need to make a trip down there to Oxford and just kind of hang out, you know, just – Get a little hotty tidy and just kind of see what's going on, you know. You're you're they, learned, they so yes, it's a fantastic place. It's a, you I've know Oxford once, literary literally literary town. Uh, they've got all the yeah. nice libraries, all these things. It's very nice there. Yes, bookstores. Yeah, big big there. time. Yeah, big time baseball too. I've seen some of those games. Baseball. They throw baseball when they hit home runs. Like, they throw all the the drinks in the air and the whole thing. So sounds like that. a party. Uh, Sounds speed, like I missed out. Speed limit's 18 miles per hour on campus. It, it's Archie's number. That's right. Yeah. That's right. I've seen that. How about that? Oh. True story. Oh, I thought I thought they wanted you to go slow enough so you could look around and take take in all the sights. That might have something to do with it as well. <laughs> there are a few to see. Okay. Uh, Bucky, have a great week. On that note, that's Bucky Brooks, John Osier. For Joe Fortunato, I'm J.P. Shadrick. We'll catch you next time on a Huddle Up podcast.